All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The scripture we just read, John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18, is the go-to passage for one of the most mind-boggling and hotly debated teachings of the Christian faith. Some wonder if these words were originally used as a hymn, a creed, or even a poem. But everyone agrees on what the primary focus of the passage is. That's Jesus' incarnation. The word incarnation comes from the Latin translation of verse 14, specifically the phrase, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Tonight, Christmas Eve, it's only appropriate to spend just a few minutes thinking about Jesus's incarnation. Now, I know you're all busy people. This might be just the first of many stops tonight, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm sure you have gifts to wrap, eggnog to drink, cookies to bake, and who knows what other Christmas traditions that you practice. You might not even want to share them, and you maybe probably shouldn't. So why spend part of your Christmas Eve reading a passage that you've probably read before, and why spend Christmas Eve thinking about the Incarnation? You know, questions about the Incarnation caused many of the early church's most heated disagreements, bitter disputes, and painful divisions. How can Jesus be both God and man? That question dominated the early Christians' attention, and it took years for them to settle on a firm answer. Now, you can't blame them for not knowing where they stood on this right off the bat. No one had seen it coming. No religion had ever proposed something as audacious as the Incarnation. The thought of someone being both fully God and fully man at the same time was utterly absurd. But as the Christians tried to figure this teaching out, multiple theories and opinions 
started to make the rounds. A man named Arius argued that while Jesus was fully man, he must not have been fully God. The Gnostics proposed that Jesus was fully God, but not fully man. He just kind of looked like a man. Apollinarius thought that Jesus had a fully human body, but not a fully human mind and soul. Nestorius wondered if Jesus may have had a kind of split personality disorder. Perhaps the God part of him didn't always agree with the human part of him. Eutyches suggested that Jesus was kind of God and kind of man, but when you put the two together, he became something totally different. But as time went on, the Christians weren't satisfied with any of these explanations. Arius? No. The Gnostics? See ya. Apollinarius? Nah. Nestorius? Thank you. Next. Eutyches? Nope. It wasn't until the Council of Chalcedon in 451 A.D. that the Christians finally came to a consensus. Jesus is both fully God and fully man. And in this is no contradiction. He's not 50-50. It's not 60-40-80-20. He is 100% God and 100% man. But realistically... How much of that do you need to know tonight? Are you really going to remember all those theological terms? Are you really going to remember all those names? Are you really going to remember the year 451 A.D., the Council of Chalcedon? Probably not. But there are things about Jesus' incarnation that every Christian should know. And quite frankly, every single human being alive should know as well. Number one is that Jesus was fully God in all the necessary ways. John 1, the passage that we just read, tells us that God the Father and Jesus the Son are in perfect unity with each other. It tells us that Jesus was in the beginning with God. In other words, he has always existed. The ground that you walked on was made through him. John 1 tells us that Jesus can give New life to dead men and shine light in dark places in ways that no other man can. When we look at Jesus, we see the fullness of God. John says that no one has ever seen God, and yet Jesus has made him known. The other thing you need to know is that Jesus was fully man in all the necessary ways. He was born of a woman. Just like you and just like me. He had a body just like yours and just like mine. He dealt with fatigue, hunger, thirst, pain, and eventually death. Just like we will. He experienced joy, anger, and sorrow. He faced temptations to sin. Just like you and just like me. That's why the author of Hebrews says that Jesus was made like us in every Respect. He was flesh and blood, just like we are. And when you put this all together, because Jesus was fully God and fully man, he alone is uniquely qualified to be our Savior and Lord. Jesus is so shockingly like us, and yet so gloriously unlike us. 
He was one of us. And yet he was not just one of us. And that's why his birth wasn't just another birth. That birth is when God himself came near. That's why we celebrate this holiday. And that's also why his death wasn't just another death. It was the death that gives us life. And the darkness that gives us light. Jesus died because when you nail a man to a cross, the man dies. But Jesus rose because when you try to put the creator of the universe in a tomb, he's not going to stay there for very long. But again, why spend part of your Christmas Eve thinking about the incarnation? Because the incarnation tells us exactly who the baby lying in that manger really is. But not only that, it tells us exactly who the man hanging on that cross really is as well. He's the perfect Savior who offered up himself as a sacrifice to cover your sins. Something that he alone was uniquely qualified to do because he is fully God. And he's the perfect Lord who never yielded to temptation the way we so often do, and yet can sympathize with our weaknesses, can sympathize with our heartaches and our sufferings, because he is fully man. Now, can you wrap your mind around this? Me neither. But I do believe it's true. And I hope you believe it's true as well. You need to know that you do not worship a God who is cold Distant, uncaring, and removed. You worship a God who is gracious, merciful, loving, and kind. We worship a God who is so gracious, so merciful, so loving, and so kind that he would send his son to live as a man in the muck and mire of our fallen world. And yet didn't give up an ounce of his holiness the entire time. We worship the king of heaven who died on earth in order that all who believe in his name would be given the right to become children of God. Now, again, you may not understand all the theology behind the incarnation. I don't. Those early Christians didn't either. But between the gifts and the eggnog and the cookies and all the other Christmas traditions that demand your attention, Take a moment to think about the incarnation. Take a moment to think about Jesus. And in fact, don't just think about him. Believe in him. Worship him. And follow him. Because he is the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Fully God and fully man. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for this time that we have together. Thank you that we can read your word. We can learn things about you. We can understand things about you that we wouldn't understand if you hadn't revealed it to us. But Father, in so many ways, you are also beyond our comprehension. We read that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that your son, Jesus Christ, is fully God and fully man at the same time in a way that we can't entirely understand. But, Father, we understand enough 
to worship him. You've given us your spirit to obey him. And Father, you have called us to follow him. And I pray that we would do that this evening, that we would do it tomorrow, that we would do it in 2019 as well. Father, I ask that we would give your son the praise he deserves. Because there is no other man like him, because he's not just another man. Remind us of that day in and day out. Remind us of that, especially tonight, as we look back and remember his birth and look forward to his second coming. We love you. We worship you. We ask this all in your son's name. Amen.